Welcome to the Baker McKenzie Latin America EMI podcast series, focusing on sector-specific issues that are impacting the players of the energy mining and infrastructure industry. You are listening to the Latin America Mining Amid COVID-19 podcast. It is our pleasure to introduce our speakers, Adolfo Durañona, Projects Partner from Buenos Aires, Maria Eugenia Salazar, Disputes Partner from Caracas, and Antonio Ortusa, Projects Partner from Santiago. Hello, everyone. This is Antonio Ortusa. We want to welcome you today to our podcast, Latin America Mining and COVID-19. We hope that you find this conversation useful for your business activities in the mining sector. Jointly with Adolfo and Maria Eugenia, we will provide insights from our experience in dealing with the most relevant issues and opportunities training mining company effects. For these purposes, uh, I we will talk later uh, myself, uh, but uh, I will leave you with Adolfo Durañona. Um, thank you, uh, Antonio. It's a pleasure to talk in this event. Um, what is the scenario in the mining sector? In general, in non-Latin American countries, uh, mining has been exempted from the mandatory isolation and, and from the restrictions. Uh, this because uh, this industry has been considered in most of the country as an essential industry. However, despite this uh, legal permission, in practice, because all the logistic and supply chain has been having problems and has been uh, isolated, um, it has been very difficult for this industry to operate. There are some exceptions. In some countries, uh, mining was not uh, authorized at the beginning, as the case in Argentina, but after two weeks, it, it was authorized. In other countries like Chile, it was authorized from, from day first. Nevertheless, companies have to make agreements, especially with the unions, uh, they have to install special protocols in order to operate, healthy protocols. Uh, all the industry have uh, to face challenges in respect to the importation of the products and uh, in respect to the exportation. As we all know, ports are, are uh, not open, uh, the companies are not operating, operating. So even if the companies can produce, they have the problem that they could not export, or they have problems that they could not import some of the key uh, supplies. Um, many companies try to face this, uh, suspending the agreement with the suppliers, uh, and in some cases, they wanted to uh, dismiss uh, personnel. The, the governments in general have taken different approach, uh, they have put on the table certain specific aid so that the company can face the situation in, in, in a better manner. In some cases, that is that they, they have to avoid, they can avoid paying social securities. In other cases, they, they, they could reduce salaries and the government would pay the difference. That was, for example, the case in Brazil. In Argentina, the, you cannot uh, dismiss employees. And uh, in some scenario, you can reduce the labor taxes. Um, we haven't heard in general in 
um, special aids uh, in relation to the renegotiation of the license agreement or the concessions or the exploration permits. Uh, up to now, the government have not, for example, extended the exploration permit or exploration concessions. Uh, I think this is very early in order for the government to issue those type of uh, measures, but it's probably in the future because companies have not been able either to explore or to, or, or to produce during uh, the term of the coronavirus crisis, which we don't know how much is going to last. Uh, so those um, measures uh, are expected to come in the future. Um, in, in some uh, countries, uh, the government have issued uh, some release package in relation to taxes, either permitting the company to pay uh, taxes in, 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 with deferral and with low interest. Uh, but in other countries, that is, 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 is not the, the measure. Or if it is, the bureaucracy that you have to comply in order to get those uh, benefits too high and, and turns the, the, the benefits in, into useless benefits. Um, so um, the future of the industry is, is a, a question mark, how it's going to evolve. Uh, we all know that the goal is, is, uh, is going up and that is still generating now a, a lot of expectation. Um, companies that were raising money in the financial market and have not been able to do that. And we are seeing some agreements where uh, certain commitments have to be complied. And because of the lack of financing, we haven't been able to comply. As, as we can imagine, Latin America is dealing with a shift to the regulatory climate and companies must adjust their business to the new playing field. Um, Eugenia, uh, uh, what have you have seen in regards to public and, and private contracts? How are companies dealing with the relationship with suppliers? Thanks, Adolfo. You know that after March 11, 2020, when the World Health Organization declared the COVID-19 outbreak a global pandemic, the majority of governments responded with isolation and quarantine. Latin American countries followed the trend and rapidly declared state of alarms or a status of emergency by issuing orders or decrees, based upon which all commercial activities have been partially or totally suspended. Long-term mining countries have been affected by these measures, although the situation might be different from country to country. In the case of Chile, for instance, where mining is a very important activity, we're aware that private companies have decided to partially or totally suspend their works, with the particularity of a group of them, such as Anglo-American or BHP, that have offered economic aid to support contractors. Both companies have a 25 million fund to avoid further economic damages to their operation, while other companies have offered to operate with half of their workforce. On the other hand, in the rest of Latin American countries like Venezuela, Argentina, Brazil, Colombia, Peru, and Mexico, companies are seeing COVID-19 either as a force majeure event or an event of hardship akin to what is called Teoría de la Imprevisión in civil law countries. The key issues to bear in mind to assess whether COVID-19 qualifies as a force majeure or as an event of hardship relies on determining whether this is an unforeseeable or unavoidable circumstance, 
that prevent one or more parties from fulfilling their obligation under agreement, or whether it is a fundamental change or alteration of circumstances that makes the fulfillment of an obligation extremely difficult. The application of a force majeure and also the hardship theory requires to be tasted under the applicable law of the contract. In general, as you know, almost all contracts include a clause that lists events considered force majeure or perhaps hardship too. However, in the event the party of a contract disagree as to whether COVID-19 constitutes a force majeure or, for instance, an event of hardship, it will ultimately be up to the domestic court if they have jurisdiction or foreign court if also if they have jurisdiction too in case of international contracts or arbitral tribunals if applicable to decide the party's right and obligations according to the contract's governing law. So therefore, the rules of the game have changed in regard to private and public contracts. So going back to you, Adolfo, now we see several companies with a standby project and in the need to reshape in their strategies in terms of continuity plans and service interruption. What can you add on this? Uh, thank you, Maria Eugenia. Um, what, what we are seeing is that uh, companies um, that are suffering uh, the coronavirus situation, uh, some of them, the one that had to suspend the activities, uh, they have suspend all the chain of uh, suppliers. Uh, and and uh, up to now, even, even if the, the mining is allowed to continue, in many cases, despite the legal permission to continue operating, they, they cannot continue because they cannot export, or other practical problems like the union doesn't want to, to work. So they are suspending all the chain of suppliers um, and, and they are putting all the agreements on hold. Most of the suppliers are not using the, the right in the agreement, which says that if the activity is suspended for so many days, they can terminate the agreement. Usually, the, the companies are either renegotiating the agreement, trying to see how they, if they can operate in, in a, with a minimum standard so they can keep at least part of the activity, or uh, they are uh, renegotiating directly uh, all the terms of the agreement. We are not seeing now termination of the agreement. Um, we are not uh, uh, seeing now litigation, I mean, litigation is not even possible, so uh, uh, the parties sometimes just look at what is going on and then they decide what to do uh, in, in the future. Uh, as I said before, we haven't seen yet uh, any, any amendment on the side of the government in relation to the concessions. Uh, we think that uh, the government, even if somebody cannot comply with a commitment now, they will not be enforcing that. They will be probably waiting until all this is uh, terminated. I mean, we, we are out of this uh, uh, pandemia situation. Um, with respect to the um, uh, lack, lack of financing that uh, many um, companies are having, uh, in, in, and, and that's affecting the, the agreements. 
In some cases, some governments are also providing with very low uh, interest rates. So that can help the companies to cope uh, with, with this situation and uh, some cases uh, pay the salaries uh, of the employees. Uh, what's, what's going to happen uh, uh, probably in, in the future of, of, of the activity with all this agreement is, is going to be a completely new scenario and, and the, the companies are going to have to comply with more strict rules in, in order to allow the, the employees to continue to work. Uh, the unions have been very, very strong in, in the protocols that the companies have to comply in order to continue to work. Uh, in relation to the contributions that uh, companies are doing in each of the countries in Latin America, we are also seeing uh, how uh, mining companies are contributing in, in Colombia. Uh, in this country, they have contributed with uh, over half a million, half a billion pesos for the fight of the coronavirus. This is about 125 million of dollars. The contributions have been made in dollars and in supplies like uh, food, uh, groceries, uh, medicines, etc. Um, uh, with all this, uh, I think that um, uh, probably Antonio um, uh, will have to can help us in order to determine what is the situation, uh, how is the situation evolving into a new normal? Um, how, how, how are the companies gonna be um, approaching the, the industry, especially from the environmental and health issue after this uh, coronavirus situation? Thank you, Adolfo. Uh, for um, uh, I will try to discuss uh, this new normal from the different point of view, the different countries in Latin America, starting with uh, Argentina. Uh, as uh, everybody knows, in Argentina, the government has issued some labor and employment benefits, which could be accessed by the mining companies. And it's important to remark that the layoff and suspension were prohibited during 60 days. So uh, mining companies are in discussion with labor unions, the possibility to reduce the wages. Also, it's important to remark in Argentina that the, the mining companies are taking prevention measures in order to try to develop the mining projects as secure as possible, taking consideration, for example, the temperature control on transport to mining projects, issuance of preventive health protocols, identify employees that have been abroad or that the risk due to age and pre-existing medical conditions, enforcement of medical workforce, and so on. This uh, really, uh, in these cases, the American companies have uh, the employees from different Argentine provinces. Some companies have decided to only allow the employees from the province in which the project is located to access the mining project. This is specifically in order to avoid interjudicial transport and potential COVID-19 spread. In the case of Brazil, for example, uh, Brazil, even though uh, they are based on federal legislation, the mining activities are authorized to continue operating depending on the location of the projects, local laws and regulations are imposing 
very strict rules like reduction of staff, restriction on public transportation, and mandatory HSE equipment, which impact the mining operations. The uncertainty as to the duration of the crisis and the decrease in the demand worldwide also put a lot of pressure on the sector in the mining, mining point of view. In Chile, I would say has been the most active one. And in this case, I think that Codelco, that is the largest mining, uh, uh, the copper mining uh, company in the world, has been taking a lot of measures in order to implement in face of the crisis of the COVID-19, as a suspension of the agreement with contractors, for example. In this case, Codelco for his, uh, has decided to spend the totally or partially agreement with at least 30 days with its suppliers coming from third parties and operation support services. The same is doing the Cominco uh, from the Quebrada Blanca project, whereby they have uh, canceled the project for, uh, for, uh, for the time being, and that happened in March 18th. Taking that in consideration, uh, Chile has been putting a lot of strict health measures in order to be able to continue the production, but at the same time, taking care of their workers. In the case of uh, Anglo-American, as Maria Eugenia mentioned before, uh, for the mining sites in Los Brosos and Soldado, by reducing their worker present in the mine site from 6,000 to 2,600 people present, uh, and the very strict control measures. Also, uh, we think that the Caserones, that is owned by a Japanese uh, important group, has announced that they plan that they will carry out program maintenance of its concentrator, reinforcing the internal protocol for the prevention and control of COVID-19, with the aim of contributing the greater safety of people and communities near its work site in addition of complying with current regulations and health and safety instructions. The company has communicated its scheduled maintenance to the technical bodies in the Atacama, as well as the local authorities involved in its operation. In Colombia, uh, they don't have a legislation that provides for a care and maintenance re regime. So they are seeking alternatives to curtail operation without breaching the mining concessions. For those purposes, as you know, Colombia is a very important producer of coal, and they are reducing their chiefs and workforce to mitigate a potential spread of the virus and comply with government measures of general lockdown. Man, mining operations in Colombia has continued their operations since they, they are accepted from the national lockdown. In the case of Peru, Peru, uh, I think that uh, they have, because of the lockdown, they have very uh, uh, national lockdown in order to avoid the consequences of transit restriction for mining companies. Work has been isolated in mining camps and agree with them the continuity of their work regime with solutions such as special bonuses or work days compensation. Most of the mining companies have ramped down their operations and entered into care and maintenance, including disinfecting the site to enable the, the operation to restart when it's deemed appropriate. This, uh, uh, I would say, um, 
This is uh, with, uh, the, an open view of the new normal in Latin America. And uh, I would like uh, to, to see if Maria Eugenia uh, can make some remarks uh, on, uh, on the closing for this session. Thank you, Antonio. As a final remark, we would like to provide our clients and friends with some practical recommendations. First of all, reviewing the contract to assess what force majeure rights, remedies, and requirements may apply if a party's operation is disrupted is a key element to bear in mind. For example, some force majeure clauses require the delivery of a notice to the other party to terminate the agreement for non-performance. Another issue to bear in mind is find other alternative to perform contractual obligations, and if it's not possible, all those efforts that was, were made should be also documented. Third, obtain and retain as much information as possible about the impact their termination based on force majority event may have. Again, documenting the relevant aspects to evidence the same is really important. Finally, review and follow up local and international regulatory actions and restrictions regarding public policy implemented in response to COVID-19 to determine the course of actions to be followed in each case. Well, we would like to thank you again for joining us in the Latin American Mining Aimed COVID-19 podcast. On behalf of the Latin America Energy, Mining and Infrastructure team, we're happy to provide further insight and answer any question you may have.